I'm your host, Honest Joe, and pretty excited to tell you a tale today. Uh, but first, before we do that, let's get into how you can reach me. You can email me at whackhouse at proton.me. Q-W-A-K house at proton.me. When I was a kid, when I was a child... Like many, I was pretty fascinated with the David versus Goliath story. But as I grew a little bit older, I was told essentially that Goliath wasn't actually a, a real giant. He was only about six feet tall or so, and other people were short, so he looked he just appeared to be a giant to these people. Now, I probably would have been a lot more interested in the Bible, uh at a younger age when if I had actually realized that that was not the case and that there's actually giants out there. Uh, giants are a real thing. And this story, which is one of the craziest giant stories I've ever heard is it's an incredible story and it might, it'll make you think about their role giant's role in uh, society and whatnot, and maybe we could co-mingle, co-exist uh, in, in, a, in a world together. Um, so this story takes place in the Solomon Islands. It's about a guy, a, a giant named Luddy McCode, and let's, let's, uh, let's get a breakdown, basically. So he was born sometime in the 1860s, 1870s, uh, in the Guadalcanal region of uh, Solomon Islands, uh, near Mount. Oh, I'm gonna, oh man, <laughs> Popo Man Manasio. <laughs> Butchered that definitely, but uh, so he he was part of a, a giant clan. And his his parents were actually, uh, well, his father was actually like the chief giant of their clan. Now, so his, his grandmother, okay, so a uh, little background a little bit actually before I get into this. They, they'll eat plants, the vegetation, and whatnot, but they, they also like their meat. And typically... They are cannibals, and they'll go down to the coast, and because they lived kind of on the mountain, and 
well, mountain and caves, actually. They would basically go grab uh, one of the people living down by the coast for a meal. So they're, they're cannibals. They basically hunted them like they were wild pigs. They had no regard for their life. One time, they hunted down a per, you know, one of the, one of the people, and they found a smoking pipe, tobacco pipe, and it was given to Luddy's grandmother as a gift. And she grew really fond of that. She really enjoyed uh, sitting back and being able to smoke some, some tobacco, you know. But one day. She accidentally stepped on it and broke it. Now, this made her really depressed. It made her depressed for, from the story. It actually sounded like it uh, took, she was depressed for quite a while, uh, weeks even. So the family eventually decided, hey, let's try to go get her a new tobacco pipe. So Luddy, who was about 10 years old or so, and roughly six feet. So they figured he'd probably be the best one to uh, go down and get the tobacco pipe because he'd be able to blend it a little bit. So they basically trimmed its hair and whatnot because I guess he was real hairy. Uh, and they made him clothes that looked similar to how the natives uh, down by the coast would dress. And they kind of just waited until they saw a, a merchant ship. Because they knew from the, the tobacco bite had a, a ship on it, so they figured it must have, have come from one of the ships that come through and deliver goods to the, to the island. So, finally a ship shows up. Luddy gets sent on his way. And he as he's down there... He's looking around at what uh, the merchants have for sale. He doesn't see any pipes. Eventually, he sees a couple of men standing by the uh, by the boat. So he approaches the men. The men see him. See how he, he looks like a big, strong worker. And so these weren't just merchants in a merchant ship. Uh, merchant ship. <laughs> but... Also, it was a, a slave ship. They would take uh, unsuspecting, they were called uh, Kanakas, and they'd bring them aboard and put them in chains in a, in a cage. So these men, they lured him in. They lured Luddy into the ship, into the hall, closed him in the cage. They just thought they had a a regular native that they were gonna try and sell. Well, the other Kanakas that they saw they rounded up, they all knew he that Luddy was a giant and they stayed as far away from him as they could. So Luddy now is definitely really confused. I mean he doesn't really he's he speaks a very similar, like uh, similar enough language to Kanakas that they could, they could talk, but no, none of them want to talk to him. He doesn't speak. Well, I'm assuming his English is is uh, what the merchant ship is. The merchant ship would actually eventually go to Queensland, in Australia, to 
sell the slaves there to the farmers. There is a, a, a huge sugar cane, a sugar cane industry going on there. And as I mean, as well as other crops. So unfortunately, you know, I, like I said, he was born sometime in the 1860s to 1870s. So we know that slavery was abolished in America after the Civil War. And they just turned us into debt slaves instead. But <laughs> whereas, you know, different parts of the world, they, they still had slavery. So as unfortunate that is, anyway, let's get back. Back to the story. So eventually, they they arrive in Queensland, and the the slavers they t they take out all the natives they caught, and they auction. They have them at the auction block, and eventually, uh, Luddy is brought up, and he is. He's basically described as being uh, looking like a very hairy, like ne Neanderthal. He's got a huge, like mouth and jaw, and like really hairy. Even though they kind of shaved him, he still was hairier than your normal one. So he was thought to be really ugly and just grotesque looking. So, um, and these people are white racist some of them actually even said that he was the the ugliest kanaka that they ever saw and just when the auctioneer was just gonna cut his losses and stop auctioning bloody out he uh but this old farmer decided to bid on him and he, he got him for for cheap but it actually caught, you know, this farmer, this old farmer, he was not doing well financially or really well at all in his life. He had a really run-down farm. He didn't have any children. It was just him and his wife who were both very old, about 70s or so, with a, you know, with a run-down farm. They needed some labor. They needed some help. So he actually used his whole life savings to buy Luddy in just the hope that Luddy would be able to help him through this farm. Well, he gets Luddy home and he just, he basically gives him some food and some water and then, and sets him up a place in the barn to sleep. And then the next day, Luddy, he basically puts Luddy to work and he realizes how strong he actually is. And, and in the incoming months, he, he he must have felt like he got really lucky because Luddy was able to basically, you know, lift up wagons while uh, wheels were getting changed. He was able uh, to just do so much work that it really helped the, the old farmer. Uh, he was so strong even that one of the, even the farmer's horse was an old horse and he became lame and the, uh, well, the, the horse became lame. And so Luddy was just like, whatever, I gotta get to plow these fields. And he just put the plow <laughs> on the, 
on himself, put it up, and just it plowed the rest of the fields. <laughs> that's how strong he was. That's that's incredible. The farmer, he's getting uh he's getting good production from, from Luddy and Luddy's not giving him giving the farmer any trouble, so eventually he brings him over to a, a nearby farm, which was the farmer's buddy, and the uh, there's a sugar cane uh, plantation. Really, the only problems that Luddy gave the, the farmer was the fact that he just ate way too much, and he stunk. He was very smelly. Uh, no matter how much they had him bathe, they just could not get the stink off. But hey, whatever. That's that's fine because you know he was up to the farmer. So, but eventually the farmer was like, "All right, cool. I'll I got a buddy. He's got a buddy who owns a sugarcane farm next to him, and he's got a bunch of kanakas. So he figured, all right, let's get some Luddy some." Uh, some friends or whatever, you know, make some companionship because, you know, he didn't speak uh, English, which the farmer did. They never really had conversations or anything. <laughs> so he brought him over there, but when he, all the Kanakas saw him, they are like, no, uh-uh, no way. They all stayed away from him. Uh, they wouldn't go near him. When a uh, sugarcane plantation owner, he asked the Kanakas, why they weren't talking to Luddy. He, they basically were trying to tell him that he was a giant, but some stuff got lost in translation and he, he just didn't understand. Luddy actually just basically <laughs> had to sit alone. He just had to keep on being a, a lonely giant. But hey, uh, Luddy really helped him out on the farm. So the, far, the farmer was able to sell everything all his crops, uh, was able to make a profit, and and because of this, uh, he he really liked Luddy, so he just kept on bringing Luddy to his his friend's farm, and eventually the some of the Kanukas there warmed up to him. Were like, hey, he he may be a giant, but he hasn't tried to eat us yet. So let's you know let's try to talk to him. Let's see let's let's go talk to a giant. And he actually was able to make some some acquaintances there, and uh, eventually, actually, uh, he was given a little bit of freedom and allowed to allowed to just to uh, go visit the farm alone once in a while. Eventually, one of the Kanakas that could speak very broken English basically told the the farmer that. The whole reason why Luddy, all Luddy really wanted was uh, tobacco pipes. He he wanted them for for his grandfather, uh, grandmother, and so the farmer decided to, you know, he was actually he uh, Luddy might have been his slave, but he was actually still getting paid. Uh, it was a pretty poor pay, but he was still getting paid a little bit. So instead. Uh, the farmer just started giving him pipes, and Luddy was really happy about that. He so Luddy actually was starting to become cool with the with the Kanakas and realized that you know maybe these people aren't just food, 
which actually this is, has big implications later on. I don't think we're going to get into that part of the story today, but he basically learns about their culture and customs, and he, he, he thought those people were pretty cool. But in talking to the, the, the Kanakas uh, more and more, he also learned that he was actually a slave of the farmer, and he would only be able to get back to his family if he got on a boat and sailed back. And this made Luddy very depressed. He became more sluggish with his work ethic. The farmer and his wife had no clue why. They, you know, tried to make him feel more more at home, but it's hard to do that when you're not a giant and you don't know their customs, <laughs> if you feel me. Eventually, uh, Luddy was just, be you know, becoming too much, I guess, too much of a bummer, too much of a Debbie Downer. <laughs> That, uh, oh, that's a funny concept if you think about it, just like, <laughs> anyway, uh, so he eventually go, uh, the farmer goes to his friend's farm and basically asks, hey, why, what, what's going on with Luddy? And he was able to get translated that Luddy just wanted to go home. He was homesick. This farmer, uh, must have been so grateful because at this point it's probably been it's been about two years or so so Luddy's probably 11 12 13 and in that range and he's probably grown quite a bit being a giant and all <laughs> uh so the the farmer since uh you know Luddy he's been Luddy's been so good to him he wanted to kind of give back well eventually his he saw his opportunity too when he found out that basically a, a a traveling carnival was coming through, and they had a boxing team. Now, that's interesting, huh? A boxing team. What? There's a boxing tournament there. And how this boxing tournament worked back in, it's hard to say really when it was, 18, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Anyway, how it, how it worked out was you basically had to bet it was a betting scale. That's how people got paid. And so he, he, the farmer realized that, well, Luddy is the strongest person I know. <laughs> so let's go, just, let's just go see if he can win a boxing match without even knowing what boxing is. So he basically gets Luddy, brings him to the, the tournament. Uh, well, he, well, he's there. He's, he's talking, he, he goes into the bar, he's talking to his friends, he's like, uh, his friends are like, what are you doing here? He's like, talking to him, it's like, I'm here for the boxing tournament, so his friends were like, laughing, like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna sign up and box yourself? He's like, no, I brought my Kanaka, and they all laughed even harder, thinking it was a huge joke, because, you know, for one, Kanakas don't know what boxing is, so they figured every, they're just gonna get knocked out, they're gonna get run out the ring. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, whatever. I, uh, you know, I'll see you later. <laughs> and so he he goes to where the boxing tournament is, and he tries to get Luddy in, but the people at the at the door were like, hey, no, no Kanakas are allowed in here. Luddy, or I mean, the farmer was like, hold on, I just I don't want him to actually just expect. I want him to fight. The I guess the doorman was just saying like, that's that's funny. Kanakas don't know how to fight. 
you know, go see go see the owner of the of the boxing tournament, and you can see if he'll let you. If we'll see if he he lets you in. So the the farmer does that. He he tells Luddy, "Hey, go wait over there. Go wait at the wagon." And he went to find the the owner of the boxing the the boxing tournament. <sighs> the owner was like, "Hey, we usually don't allow uh, Kanakas in the ring or." in this place at all but whatever maybe maybe uh this one time we can i uh, uh, maybe we can get some big bets and make some money off this guy you know they're really hoping uh to, to make money off him well while luddy's waiting at the wagon he's getting like poked by children with like sticks and whatnot and they're kind of like making fun of him and what and whatnot and i guess he's taking it well he's it doesn't seem like he's really given, like, he, he cares at all that these children are doing that to him. The farmer comes back, shoes off the kids, like, get, get out of here, get out of here. Uh, it's gonna be, he tells Bloody it's gonna be alright. Then he gets him in, he shows him some boxing, a couple boxing fights. He's like, and Luddy, I mean, at this point, since he hasn't really been able to speak anybody's language, he, he basically knows just to basically watch and really observe I guess he's quite observant, so he, he kind of understands what, what's going on, that people are fighting and someone gets knocked knocked down. So eventually it comes time for Luddy to join in on the ring. It's, it's time for him to fight. So he goes against this big German dude. Now, let me set the stage a little bit more, though. So there's three to four hundred people there just watching and betting on the fights. And these people are all, by today's standards, they are absolute racist. They saw Luddy and they were all just making racist remarks and yelling at him, basically being like, get out of here because, you know, Kanaka shouldn't be here. And this basically made the, the betting line heavily favor the, the big German guy. That's really all I can describe. That's all the story really says is that he was it was just a big german guy so just think about that just hundreds of people you know yelling cheering they're probably drunk and you know hooting hollering and whatnot now the farmer he goes sees the bookie and he bets his whole life savings on luddy saying like his <laughs> just he does not think luddy will lose well so the uh, the referee, you know, gets them to face each other. Gets uh, the German and Luddy to face each other, and he says, kind of jokingly, that I want a nice, clean fight. And he kind of chuckles as he say it, says it. And then I don't know. The, the bell rings and the fight's on. So they're kind of just like sizing each other up for a moment, and then the farmer just basically takes out a pipe. And gets Luddy's attention to be like, Luddy, a tobacco pipe. And, he, you know, he raises it in the air. And Luddy looks over. And when he does that, the, the German strikes him, hits him. Hits him in the back. And then, you know, feeling the punch, Luddy looks at the, the German boxer. Just then gets knocked, boom, right in the face. Now, that made Luddy very angry. And 
An angry giant is a very dangerous thing. With one punch, he punched through the, the German's chest, right into his chest cavity, realized it, <laughs> and he, he's, the guy was just dead instantly. He, ba you know, the story goes that he, he basically says me win probably in, you know, his tongue, in his language, and kind of raises his arm up as it's still in the German's chest, just for yeah, a grotesque picture. Ugh. But anyway, that's just incredible. Uh, Incredible, incredible strength, at least. Some cops see this. Some some police officers were were there, and they they enter the ring just to investigate what's happening. And they realize, you know, you know these guys they they sign up to fight. Uh, and if one of them dies in the ring, well, so be it. They they signed up for it. So they they just let Letty off. The farmer gets paid. Big time, because remember, the odds were in the German's favor, so he got paid out. And then he went He went home. And since he hid this from his wife, he comes back and is like, shows her all the money. He's like, Oof, I know, please don't be upset, but look what happened. This is what I did. Look what happened. And I made a bunch of money. This is what we're going to do. We're going to give Luddy his freedom. We got enough here to buy more Kanakas if we want. We're going to give Luddy his freedom. We're going to let him go home. And she basically agrees. Uh, that night, actually, he, Luddy's, it's the first time Luddy's actually introduced into the house and able to uh, eat dinner with them. Even though they didn't really speak or nothing, they, they all shared a, a nice meal together. And that's, uh, I mean, that's a, a bonding thing right there. Uh, just eating, a, a sharing a meal with somebody else is a bonding experience. He uh, the farmer wanted to make sure that uh, Luddy would have like an interpreter. So he, he found the Kanaka that could kind of speak broken English from his far farmer's friend. And he, he asked him to, to buy him and the, his friend agreed. And he sent these two back home. Uh, when, when Luddy found out that he was going back home because at this point he he didn't know until he he basically had his Kanuka uh, friend there tell him he broke down and wept he was just a, a sobbing child at that point just so happy with so much relief that he could finally go back and see his family and at this point his mission was accomplished too he got hundreds of tobacco pipes that he could give to his family. So he, he, he finally had his hope back. Now he, they waited a couple weeks until a, a ship was able to take him. And then he, he left. And when he returned to the island, uh, we'll, we'll have a, a little bit more about that at a, a, in a different episode. But essentially, he had a different view of these uh, Kanakas now. I mean, that, that's the story of uh, Letty McCode. <laughs> uh, just an absolute, absolute legend of a story. Um, and this, this is pretty verifiable. Uh, the, that Gundanao 
well, the Solomon Islands have a lot of giant, I guess, you know, we'd call it myth, but they, they believe it. They, they say they see giants all the time. There's, oh, there's actually quite a bit recorded there of, of giants and giant footsteps and whatnot. Um, if you're interested in this thing, I'd, I'd definitely say, look it up. Um, the book, this is from, so the book, this story was from is the, the Solomon Islands mysteries, accounts of giants and UFOs in the Solomon Islands. Um, it was written by, written by, uh, Marius Boyran, Boyranyo, or Boyrayon. Sorry, I'm, I'm definitely butchered his name. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. But, uh, if you want it on Amazon, it, it, it costs about $260. <laughs> anyway, that, that's just some of the fascinating stories uh, of giants. And there's so many more that I, I'll do more giant stories, definitely, because that's a huge interest of mine. And I definitely think it ties into the Bible because there's lots of giants in the Bible. I mean, Goliath isn't the only one. Um, there's King Og. And, uh, I mean, uh, Goliath has brothers and I mean, David basically has a, a army of giant killers. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, native American giant mythology. And I mean, you hear about giants being, you know, cannibals a lot, but I know there's that, uh, that story called, uh, you know, a uh, big friendly giant. So there's definitely tales of, of good giants as well. And I believe uh, Luddy McCode is one of the good ones. And this is a cool story that shows you that, you know, you know, much as I, slavery is, you know, bad, it's horrible, but in this instance, it, it helped out Luddy and it helped the Kanakas because Luddy was able to learn about their culture and realize that they're not just pigs to be hunted. They're, they're people just like the giants are. And, uh, and then not just that, but the, the farmer who treated, uh, Luddy, uh, fairly well. And then at the, I mean, at the end he, he gave Luddy his life back. He didn't keep him in slavery. Uh, even though he was such a good worker, um, he probably, I mean, I'm sure he realized after Luddy realizing that he was a slave, that it, it took the wind out of his sails. But anyway, <laughs> that's besides the point. I mean, he's, the, uh, the farmer still sent him on his way back home so he could see his family. Like I said, I, I, I'm just fascinated with giants and the, this story is incredible. It's an absolute legend. And... If you're interested in this stuff, I mean, the Solomon Islands have a lot of uh, giant stories and you can find them a lot elsewhere, um, other giants elsewhere. I mean, there's stories about giants in like Afghanistan and and whatnot. Uh, so that's the story of Bloody McCode and that's all I really got for you today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I, I really appreciate you listening. If you want to get in contact with me, like I said earlier, you can email me at qwakhouse at proton.me.
And uh, if you do that, I will get back to you, okay? Definitely. So thanks for listening, my quackers. See you later. Peace. Rhythm on the inside, rhythm on the streets, and the rhythm.